My topic is Faith as a Bridge. Being at the point of dealing with end-of-life issues is very devastating. I've dealt with them caring for my parents and my brothers and now with my 87-year-old sister who's in a retirement home. Dealing with these issues has notched away at our family circle to the extent that my son Tony and I we only have each other, and some very close friends, as I'd call them, my extended family. The most painful of all of these has been dealing with the re recent illness and death of my husband, Bob. Going through the ordeal has been so very painfully horrific, emotionally. I felt a part of my heart was being etched off more and more each day. So profoundly physically draining, I felt I was always at the point of collapse and, of course, mentally exhausting. I was now totally in command. The weight of all the responsibility was overwhelming, and that responsibility kept snowballing and snowballing. My one solace at this point was being able to attend 6.30 Mass here at St. Paul's. That gave me structure each day, and it grounded me. There were some mornings I would just break down in church to whoever, Father Carl mainly, poor guy, along with Father Dan, Father Rob, and Father Charles, or to my 6.30 cohorts. No matter how bad I felt, a hug, or a shared tear was my energy and my spirit for the rest of the day. They prayed with us and for us. Those faith-filled mornings were my salvation and my life force. Tony and I started to notice changes in Bob in about 2005. His personality started to um, flatline. Um, <clears throat> There was an example of he lost a credit card and came home and he, you know, took it as matter-of-factly. You know, he, me, I would go ballistic. But, and then he would be very quiet, not contributing to a conversation. After a back surgery in to June of 2000, 2006, he was recommended to be tested. <clears throat> he would, on, um, uh, I'm sorry, August 19th, he was diagnosed with vascular dementia. Basically, a very slow death, where blood supply is cut off to the brain, robbing the cells of the brain, robbing the individual of his basic functions, cognitive thinking and speech. And that, for me, was the most horrific. On the ride home from the hospital after the diagnosis, I cried, then became frozen to the point of numbness. On our arrival at home, Tony wanted to take his dad to lunch at the Pancake House because they always talked about going to a business lunch. I had business lunches at work. These two guys would go to the Pancake House. But anyway, so that day Tony took his dad to the Pancakes 
pancake house. I don't like it, so I was going to stay home. I walked into the house. The phone was ringing. Here it was a hospital in San Antonio, Texas, telling me that my brother had fallen in the mall on August 15th, and it took them a few days to find me. Uh, they actually uh, found uh, the name of the condo complex in his wallet, and through that, um, they were able to locate me because he had listed me as an emergency contact. He was now on life support, and would I be able to fly out there? My world, as I had known it, was shaken to the core. What did I do? I made dinner for my boys, and in the morning, I went to 6.30 Mass, as always. As the next few days went by, I made arrangements for Bob to stay with friends, and I flew with Tony to San Antonio, always with my Tony. Seeing the shadow of the person that was my brother, after consulting with the doctors, we made the gut-wrenching decision to turn off the life support machines and held my brother as his life ebbed away. After Louis's funeral, which was here at St. Paul's, I had Louis flown here because um, it was easier for the whole family. And then there was still all those legal issues of closing his apartment. We flew out there like three times and dealing with an unbelievable amount of paperwork in the process. But in the morning, I went to 6.30 Mass. How do you possibly get through something like this? One day at a time, and if that's too much, and it often was, one hour at a time, one minute at a time, and prayer. By May of 07, I had the support of hospice for my Bob, who at this point was wheelchair bound. Our home became a nursing home. I tried to get help, but it was like a revolving door. Um, so it was just me and Tony basically with just a few people periodically that would uh, give us a break. He was now totally dependent on Tony and I. If I put his arms around me, he would still be able to hug me. I hung on. I hung on and went to the 6.30 Mass in the morning. At night, Tony and I prayed with Bob and always, always singing Kumbaya after the Our Father. It was our ritual. The Our Father was so very special to him that even when Father Parle was administrating the last rites, he who hadn't talked for so long mouthed the prayer of the Our Father. Reality of life still was definitely in my face. There were financial issues to deal with, all kinds of legally stuff, maintaining the house, just a mountain of stuff. In marriage, there's always a balance to make things work until illness hits. The balance then shifts. Suddenly, it's all on one person. You become the all. There is no we anymore. And you pray. In September of 07, Bob was not able to stand, let alone walk. 
I couldn't handle it anymore. Tony and I could not take care of Bob at home. We made the excruciating decision to put Bob in a in Nazarethville nursing home at the advice of one of the nurses from hospice. <coughs> that was very, very difficult. But from a physical standpoint, it was a little easier for me. However, still emotionally and mentally draining. I went each day and I had dinner with him and Tony, who um, worked, was not available, uh, available during the week, but on the weekends we were still a family. I went each day and had dinner with him during the week and witnessed his decline each and every day. Due to his condition, Bob a number of times would aspirate on his food. There were a number of choking episodes, so very difficult for us to watch. As time went on, Bob went on pureed foods and even then had trouble swallowing. Our days and evenings were wrapped around the nursing home. Tony and I became fixtures there because we were advocates for my Bob. No one could go in that room to do anything because I was like a mother lion. And always we ate as a family and prayed as a family each night before we left the nursing home. And it helped us keep hanging on. In December of 08, Bob had a couple of very bad choking episodes, with the worst being of all days, Christmas Day. Then in January of 09, the beginning of the month, he ended up in Lutheran General with double pneumonia. We still hung on and prayed. After a few days, we made Bob's final journey to the Ark of St. Matthews. We're almost a month to the day Bob passed away, taking his last breath in our arms. God called him on February 6th. Later, as I walked out the door of the Ark with Tony, thinking, I'll never walk through any door again with Bob. But I do know that he's always with us and walking besides us. The next morning just happened to be the first Saturday of the month. We went to Mass, I read, and shared the hugs of all our Mass buddies, telling them about Bob's passing. Bob and I shared 40 years and eight months together, an accomplishment for any couple we celebrated our 40th at the nursing home with all our friends. As I think back, it was a beautiful life, even aside from the ups and downs like all marriages have. And with 19 years difference in age, almost 20, it was really a challenge, but we did make it work. And now, as I think back, it's difficult imagining going through something like this without having something to hold on to. For me, my faith was the steel backbone that gave me the strength to hold on each day. That in a great part is something that I've grown up with, prayer, mass, not always 6.30, and the strength that faith gives 
was a part of my life for my parents. Now, as I look back, I always saw the strength and the deep, profound faith in my parents. They lost so much in their lives, had so much pain and injustice done to them. They never gave up, never lost that faith, and lived to the age of 90, Mom, and my dad to 96, and always, always with a prayer on their lips. How can I not emulate them? They are in a large part responsible for that faith in me that doesn't falter. That is my fountain of strength and spirit. I always had a deep devotion to the little flower. Even as a child, I always visualized her as someone small like me. But of course, very strong of spirit and faith. She went to Jesus in prayer as a child, simple and direct. To what I think sustains me, I'm around little ones all the time as a lunch mom, as a CCD teacher. When I walk out of that classroom each day, I feel like I'm six feet tall. <laughs> and I volunteer at the nursing home. And there too, those residents beam when they see me or Tony. They too are so simple and direct. I would imagine the little flower did little things in a big way. And that's how I live my life now. Thank you. I love it.